Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about sickle cell anemia. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash sickle cell anemia or in the hematology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Sickle cell anemia is a genetic condition that causes sickle or crescent shaped red blood cells. This makes the red blood cells more fragile and easily destroyed, leading to hemolysis and hemolytic anemia. Patients with sickle cell anemia are prone to various types of sickle cell crisis. Let's start with some basic pathophysiology. Hemoglobin is the protein in red blood cells that transports oxygen around the body. Fetal hemoglobin, or HBF, is usually replaced by adult hemoglobin, or HbA, around six weeks of age. Patients with sickle cell disease have an abnormal variant called hemoglobin S. Hemoglobin S causes red blood cells to become an abnormal sickle shape. Sickle cell anemia is an autosomal recessive condition where there's an abnormal gene for the beta globin on chromosome 11. One copy of the gene results in sickle cell trait. Patients that have sickle cell trait are usually asymptomatic. Two abnormal copies of the gene are required for sickle cell disease. Let's talk briefly about the relationship between sickle cell disease and malaria. Sickle cell disease is more common in patients from areas traditionally affected by malaria, such as Africa, India, the Middle East and the Caribbean. Having one copy of the gene, meaning they have sickle cell trait, reduces the severity of malaria. As a result, patients with sickle cell trait are more likely to survive malaria and pass on their genes. Therefore, there's a selective advantage to having the sickle cell gene in areas of malaria. This results in a higher prevalence of the condition in these areas. Let's talk about diagnosis. Pregnant women at risk of being carriers of the sickle cell gene are offered testing during pregnancy. Sickle cell disease is also tested for on the newborn screening heel prick test at 5 days of age. There's a few complications of sickle cell disease that are worth being aware of. These are anemia, increased risk of infection, stroke, avascular necrosis in large joints such as the hip, pulmonary hypertension, painful and persistent penile erections which is called priapism, chronic kidney disease, sickle cell crises, and acute chest syndrome. General management of sickle cell disease involves avoiding dehydration and other triggers of crises, ensuring vaccinations are up to date, antibiotic prophylaxis to protect against infection, usually with penicillin V or phenoxylmethylpenicillin, Hydroxycarbamide can be used to stimulate the production of fetal hemoglobin, or HBF. Fetal hemoglobin does not lead to sickling of the red blood cells. Therefore, using hydroxycarbamide to increase the amount of fetal hemoglobin is protective against sickle cell crises and acute chest syndrome. Blood transfusions can be used for severe anemia, and bone marrow transplantation can be curative. Let's talk more about sickle cell crisis. Sickle cell crisis is an umbrella term for a spectrum of acute crises related to sickle cell anemia. 
These range from mild to life-threatening. They can occur spontaneously or they can be triggered by stresses such as infection, dehydration, cold weather or significant life events. There's no specific treatment for sickle cell crises and patients are managed supportively with a low threshold for admission to hospital. Any infection that coexists with a sickle cell crisis or has triggered it needs to be treated. Keep the patient warm. Keep the patient well hydrated and this may require IV fluids. Simple analgesia such as paracetamol and ibuprofen can be used for pain. However, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications such as ibuprofen need to be avoided where there's renal impairment. And if the patient develops priapism with painful and persistent penile erections, then penile aspiration may be used. There's various different types of sickle cell crises, and we're going to go through some of the types now. Firstly, vaso-occlusive crisis. Vaso-occlusive crisis is also known as painful crisis, and it's caused by the sickle-shaped red blood cells clogging capillaries and causing distal ischemia. It's associated with dehydration and a raised hematocrit. Typical symptoms are pain, fever, and any symptoms of the triggering infection. It can cause priapism in men by trapping blood in the penis, causing a painful and persistent erection. Priapism is a urological emergency and it's treated with aspiration of blood from the penis. Next, splenic sequestration crisis. Splenic sequestration crisis is caused by red blood cells blocking the flow of blood within the spleen. This causes an acutely enlarged and painful spleen. The pooling of blood in the spleen can lead to a severe anemia and circulatory collapse with hypovolemic shock. Splenic sequestration crisis is considered an emergency. Management is supportive with blood transfusions and fluid resuscitation to treat the anemia and the shock. Splenectomy prevents sequestration crisis and it's often used in cases of recurrent crises. Recurrent crises can lead to splenic infarction with loss of function in the spleen and susceptibility to infections. Next, aplastic crisis. Aplastic crisis describes a situation where there's a temporary loss of creation of new red blood cells. This is most commonly triggered by infection with parvovirus B19. And this leads to significant anemia. Management is supportive with blood transfusions if required. It usually resolves spontaneously within a week. Finally, acute chest syndrome. A diagnosis of acute chest syndrome requires a fever or respiratory symptoms with new infiltrate seen on a chest x-ray. Acute chest syndrome can be due to infection such as pneumonia or bronchiolitis or to non-infective causes such as pulmonary vaso-occlusion or fat emboli. Acute chest syndrome is a medical emergency with a high mortality. It requires prompt, supportive care and treatment of the underlying cause, for example with antibiotics or antivirals for infection. They may also require blood transfusions for anemia, incentive spirometry using a machine that encourages effective and deep breathing, and artificial ventilation with NIV or intubation may be required. 
So thanks for listening to this episode on sickle cell anemia. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. If you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics in the podcast, you can find the Zero to Finals books on Amazon. And you can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on thalassemia.